Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode number 92, Apple Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Welcome to it. It's very cool having you back week after week. This podcast is brought to you in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Apolog. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your MP3 player. Anything that plays MP3s, go to audibletrial.com slash Apolog. Get your free book and check it out. This podcast also has an Amazon affiliate program. If you go to appalog.ca and click on the banners located on the right side, you'll see your country, either be Canada, the United States, or the UK. Bookmark the link banners, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. It costs you no extra money, but it helps the show out tremendously. If you're interested in pledging to the show on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as little or as much as you want on a monthly basis with uh, to help me out with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time, and I now officially have four patrons. Go there, and let's make it five. You can pledge a buck. You can pledge four bucks. You can pledge ten bucks. There are rewards to be had, and if you have a small business and you or an online business and you want to support it, uh, I think the I think it's like something like forty bucks a month will get you a spot on the show. InsightRecorders.com. Now dealing with download codes. You need download codes to sell virtual copies of your album over the merchandise table. So if you're a band, you play live, you don't want to make CDs. You just want to sell slips of paper that have links and download codes. So they go to the website, they click in a little code, boop, they got the record. It's easy. Insight will help you set up a customized page with your branding for customers to both download and purchase your music. Insight Recorders also deals with online mixing. If you're a band and you want to have your album mixed by a professional recording studio, you can send your recorded album to Insight and it will be mixed and mastered. And you'll be able to give notes and have places to download it and all that stuff. It's a very cool little system. Uh, Also, there's a brick and mortar recording studio. Time's running out, everybody. Once it hits September, October... The recording season is done at Insight because it's too cold. So if you want to book some time, go to insightrecorders.com slash contact and you can book some time at the studio. Applelog.ca slash shop is a place to pre-order the new acoustic album. I'm working on something else pretty soon too, but I'm getting getting the itch. I might be writing some songs soon. You can also buy a t-shirt, which is running out fast. Buy a Foursquare, buy the Foursquare discography for 20 bucks. That's 70-odd songs for 20 bucks. Like the show on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash pod and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. And that's all the spots. Today on the show, I have some great folks. The folks from the band The Dearly Bereft. I have Mike, Shane, Ben, Anna, and Cyrus. They're good people. They came up to the recording studio, did some recording at my studio, Live Off the Floor, and we made a video of it, too. So if you want to go to my YouTube, go to... Oh, just search Ablock Podcast in YouTube, and you'll find the Dearly Bereft Live Off the Floor recording that I did. It sounds quite good. I'm going to play a song right now. This is Laura Palmer, and here it comes.
Good stuff, right? Laura Palmer by the Dearly Bereft, live off the floor at Insight Recorders, recorded sometime in June, June 20-somethingth. That was, that was a fun day. Okay, so let's get to the conversation now with the Dearly Bereft on the Apple Live podcast. Don't let the recording throw you. Now everybody be as funny as they were about five minutes ago. You'll you'll edit accordingly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, edit us funny. I will. Oh, yeah, <laughs> be fake laughter. Like ha ha ha! He's so funny and he's cute too. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for coming to my barn. You're welcome. To record. I'm glad. Thank you for having. I'm glad us. the heat didn't knock anybody out too much. It was close. We were close. It's pretty close, hey. Eh? Yeah. But we, uh, I think we got through it. And I think, uh, uh, we work best in discomfort anyway. So. That's kind of a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think that uh, air conditioning is a myth and uh, it should be made illegal. And everybody should just feel like they were in the old timey days. Well, barn bar air conditioning anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're, in, we're in a room that has air conditioning, so. Make hot barns great again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. Coming up here, what was your adventure? Because you guys took a bus to, to Oxbridge. Yeah, the, the, the two of us took a bus. Some of us had a car. Um, it was a lovely journey for us, at the very least. I'm sure it was the same. You guys had a nice playlist. It was a nice ride. Yeah, it was a yeah. nice ride. Yeah, we played some big tunes, so it was I fun. I had a, a really heavy keyboard on my lap, <laughs> um, and every time that I tried to ash my cigarette, it would blow back in my face. But that said, <laughs> there were some good tunes. You allow smoking in the car? That's uh, I guess because you smoke, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you're okay with that? You never used to, though. You know what? I'm okay with a lot of things that I wasn't okay with in, in the past. So, you know, I mean, that's why we're all here, I guess. <laughs> we're, just settling. we're just settling for... For something, we're just putting up with each other. No, 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 not, not by any means. Shane has lowered his standards to join us in this band today. Thank God, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm honored to be here, and I'm also very honored to be in the band. I, I never told him that, but I, now I we want all you know. guys to know now. There you go. Thank you, man. That's very nice of you to say. Can well, we cue some sappy music there? Yeah. Well, uh, wait. Let me catch the sound. I think we just recorded one. <laughs> The um, what got you guys together? What was the, uh, how did this all happen? Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, it's interesting. We were um, Mike and I were in a band called The Dank, um, and we were having some trouble getting all the band members together for rehearsals and shows. And we we're like, we should just start an acoustic duo. Uh, and around that time, actually, my dad passed away, and so I started sort of writing a lot about that, and we started working on this acoustic duo and it was very atmospheric and kind of mournful because that's where our head was at mm -hmm. and um, then one by one we cherry picked the best people from the rest of the Toronto scene to make that happen and, and make it a, a full production 
So that's really what happened. We just we stole these guys off from other bands, basically. <laughs> Borrowed. Well, Borrowed. <laughs> Toronto's kind of funky that way because everybody kind of plays in a bunch of different bands, and they they always. Yeah, that's true. But we we were the first ones to start doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, stamp it! <laughs> yeah. Now everyone plays in multiple bands, but. Well, except me. I was handpicked from Obscurity. That you was your first band, karaoke? right? This, is, your... this is my first band. Yeah, I wow. guess. And what got you? What made you start this? Like, why? Why now? Like, why? Why? Why put yourself through this? Come on. <laughs> Gun to her head. I think <laughs> she, basically she killed it. it at karaoke. I think was the True. actual reason. True. I don't, um, don't want to. No, the funny thing is, I actually have terrible stage fright, and uh, Shane kind of forced me to sing my first karaoke song ever several years ago, and like. Shane is kind of the person that threw me on a stage. It's Shane's fault. It's Shane's <laughs> fault that I'm in this band, really. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I just kind of dipped my toe into like singing karaoke songs on a stage, and everyone thought that I didn't sound like shit. So it here, was really here, good. Here it we was are really today. Good, actually, yeah, we were all very impressed. Yeah. So you know, and and the fact that we'd been hanging out together um, for a large majority of the years around that time period um, kind of just made sense with like what Ben was talking about, some things that had been going on um, with our families and friends. <clears throat> I guess we just decided that it was time to like actually take a shot at making something creative and artistic to kind of uh, express some of the feelings that we were going through at the time. Yeah. As you get a little older too, you start understanding like-minded people you you can actually tune into like-minded people easier and faster than you would if you were say 20 or in your early teens but putting a band together it's like putting a band together you play guitar yep you're in the band yeah but now you can be a little bit more selective that's that's how i was chosen to play drums (laughs) (laughs) and the story is like she was like amazing and blew us all away but then they were like we need a drummer so just no but it's true like in in high school you like (laughs) You have your friends, and you're like, well, I really like Megadeth, and I play drums. Well, I really like The Cure, and I play guitar. Wait, you play guitar? I play drums. <laughs> yes. We're in a band together. Yeah, yeah, it's Perfect a, fit. It's exactly <laughs> it. So when, when you get a little older, you can kind of be a little bit more selective with the people you hang out with. Because it's not just the people you play music with anymore. It's the actual people you need to hang out with. And it becomes, there's, a, there's sort of like in your mid-20s to your 30s where things have to get let's get serious like let's get this and make this all happen i'm projecting you guys are all in your sort of mid to late 20s right yes early 30s <laughs> I, 30 i just turned 23 <laughs> we're, we're all pretty 32 much... it's funny you say that though because it's true like um i i think it's definitely a a cool thing about our band that we are really close friends and we've been hanging out for a long time. And I love we how do, you dodge the age. Yeah. How old are but you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't dodge uh, it. Tw- 23. 47. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, you know, that's something I've found with a lot of GTA bands and especially uh, in the city, in Toronto. Um, however artistic the project or, you know, um, wherever someone is kind of throwing a dart at a board it doesn't really have that friendship quality involved in it so Mm -hmm. you know um they don't i'm sure that bands that get together like in and they play shows within a year and all that sort of stuff um they're not yelling at each other as much as we are (laughs) so it um 
We have the comfort there. Yeah, that's because we're the not comfort as comfortable with each, each other, other as we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're far more comfortable um, <laughs> trying to like make each other like hurt when we're hurt and stuff. I don't know. Oh, really? That, yeah. Well, that's sorry. I'm just speaking for myself. But right are now. you just saying like I feel shitty, so I'm gonna make your life shitty as well? Is this well, the thing? The, you make it sound so vindictive. Uh, well, it it's, is a little. <laughs> the idea that a band is a marriage. Yeah. That comes with both the good and the bad sides of what a marriage could represent. Without the blowjobs. Or the prenup. Well, the prenup. where are the, blow, where are the, the blowjobs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's true. But yeah, you're right. It is a marriage. But at the same time, I don't know. I like to say that it is like being in a big marriage. But it's just this wacky understanding. Like once you start realizing, oh, that Ben, he likes to do that. I can accept that or I'm not going to accept it. Yeah. You know, and that's a difference between marriage because there's a little, you know, there's. I think it's more so like you you might um, be really passionate about something like we are about the music and about the imagery and the um, like, well, any of the media like photos or mm. artwork or whatever, you know, so sometimes you get caught up in it. And you get really passionate about it, and that comes out in um, foolish ways, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, like a like a marriage, you you come back to it, and you debrief, and then you realize what what you were doing it for in the first place, and it yeah. has nothing or, to do with. Or it, or you try to kill him for the insurance money. <laughs> well, it's every, funny. Every we're still working on that. None of us are married, by the way. Okay. <laughs> every, uh, and none of us are worth anything. So that's that's perfect. <laughs> that's that. But every every clash we've ever had, and we've we've had some real butting heads moments, but it's always been because we all care one hundred percent about how what comes out of this, and so we may see differently about it, but you can't really fault the person for caring about how it turns out. Exactly. Well, I was gonna say like just I've hung out with you guys for all about a day, but you all seem kind of like alpha type people. Like <laughs> I have my. This is what I love about my stuff, you know, and and we're all going to do this together. But my idea is better. Am I am I projecting? The drums it, sound fantastic. It, it, yeah, yeah. But there's sort of, I mean, I, I think I think you're I think you're more so describing Anna right now. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. She's Diva. commanding the conversation, obviously. Yeah. She did she's keep actually, I shut her mic off. To be she's in the other room. I just shut her mic off. She's been, she's been talking the, the whole time. time. <laughs> um. Well, you get my point, though, right? Like, yeah. there's having strong opinions and compromising sometimes don't necessarily work together. Well, I think because we've played so many shows over the years, not necessarily together, mm-hmm. but we, we've learned the ropes. Yeah. And w- we know how this scene works, so mm-hmm. it's kind of we all feel like we know what we're doing in our own right. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, we, you all accept that there's strength in numbers. So if you all kind of come at it with the same approach with the same direction then it's stronger than one person kind of winning that little battle yeah right if you want the song to go a certain way and i've been in this argument many times where it needs to do this that and the other thing and then, and then there's three other people say no you're wrong it doesn't need to do that it needs to do that this and this thing okay all right then one person's happy and three people are happy but it's a better product at the end of the well compromise is key so. yeah absolutely yeah. a lot of i think i think there's a lot of um ambition involved in this particular project as well not so much in terms of like a um like a stardom kind of ambition but more so um creatively and also in terms of like playing shows in toronto and outside the gta and trying to venture outside of the gta you know Mm -hmm. we all have those things in our mind 
Um, so that's why I didn't want to like steer away from like Cyrus made a good point that we've all been playing shows for a long time, but at the same time, Anna hasn't, but she's super ambitious. Like she comes in and she wants to like get out there and she wants to do all those things. So it, um, it reinvigorates us as well. Yeah. A lot of aspects. Yeah. And it's always fun watching somebody watch something for the first time when you've seen it many times you know, like their eyes are like whoa look at that you know when you go to even if you go to a different town and it was you, pretty it was pretty dramatic looking at her through a glass like a glass window today yeah, while yeah. we were recording <laughs> so like in her own space yeah there. how uncomfortable yeah. were you singing you this is what the third time fourth how many times you've been into a this isn't even a real recording studio but like what's your take on recording in a studio and it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I feel a lot more comfortable just like rehearsing in a, in a room and, and kind of that raw energy of, of that. Um, yeah. And it's recording is just so fine tuned and I, I don't know. It picks up every little, you every little everything. character. Yeah. yeah. So it's scary for someone like me who wants everything to sound perfect yeah yeah well, you need you have an expectation and an anticipation and what we were talking about just today about you need to hear what you sound like and this is what we were doing was live off the floor recordings and to hear that this way it gives you it puts it into a different light because then you can go oh i sound like that and i like that about that but i also don't like that about that so then you go home and you do different things that you think are anticipating fixing what you didn't like when you came in the first time to record. I'm actually very um, excited and impressed by Anna's answer there because I think it's cool <laughs> that like she like is down with doing live off the floors and you invited us to do live off the floors and mm -hmm. we all kind of attacked it that way. So yeah. It yeah. opens That's up a whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because when we were doing the recordings, it was very much compartmentalized and um, under watchful eyes, and which is a great thing for, you know, um, what we needed it to be at the time to make sure we could get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. But now um, I, I kind of I like where Anna was taking that question just in terms of like um, we want to be more performance based. We want to have more visuals. We want to like be able to like pull things off just like in a room, you know, and, and get sounds that way as opposed to trying to do everything one thing at a time, mm -hmm. you know, being more of a band, being more of a unit. Yeah, when, when we made the record, it was very uh, instrument by instrument because we, we had sort of written the songs ahead of time and then added to them and built upon them uh, as it goes on. And I really like, since you know, we were like, well, how do we put this together live? And so we came together and we all picked up some instrument and whatever we could do to make it sound like an approximation of what we did on the record in the first place mm -hmm. um and it's got a much looser vibe but it's got a like a, a really intense feel and there's it's like it's not at all aggressive but it's definitely punk rock yeah <laughs> which i like about it no i, I agree with you I like how Shane likes Anna's answers. I really like that. <laughs> Are we going well, around? It's, it's, fun, it's, it's just funny because like we don't have a lot of opportunities to speak like this yeah. in an open no, forum right. together. <laughs> so we're working through our own issues right now. Well, this is the most amount of people I've had at once on the show, but we should probably introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Ben, and I play bass and sing backing vocals. I'm Cyrus. I play keyboards. 
Uh, since we're on our barn, can I tell my barn joke real yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. here we go. Uh, what do you call a horse with no home? Unstable. <laughs> you can buy that joke for 99 cents on the. It's a ringtone now. <laughs> um, Rony Baby the Prince, soon to be the king. You're going to get sued, homeboy. That's not you. That's oh, yeah, you. no. Um, Shane, I play drums. Uh, Mike and I play guitar incredibly sloppily, but I do what I can. Under the watchful eye. Of course, yeah. Big, um, big brother. Yeah, right. He's motioning to Ben, <laughs> by the way, listeners. Actually, it's more Cyrus who's giving you shit for fucking up today. He was. Everybody gives me I shit. Know. How does it feel to be as sensitive like you are, Mike? Uh, you know, I pretty much cry on the daily. Oh, yeah. I've, gotten, I've gotten used to the, the like, the cry. You ever get the crying headaches where yeah. you cry so much? Cry so your, hard. Your head hurts. Sometimes you can't yeah. breathe right. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah maybe you stop fucking he up. Actually, he's the reason that Anna's in the band. He used to sing, but he just cries so much that his sinuses have become really, really stuffed. And he can't do it anymore. He can't, just can't hit the high notes. Yeah. So, so I feel like my cr my cry singing is coming along though. Oh, it's emotional sounding for sure, but I mean on record it just does not it does not hit doesn't those doesn't heights. translate well. That's right. It's more of a performance art thing. This is a great bit, by the way. Insane. <laughs> we couldn't even almost could, as good we could as your barn get, joke. We couldn't even get through joke. the introductions of the band. <laughs> we, we couldn't make. You didn't even say your name, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Who's the prince and king? I don't know what you guys. She's waiting. Oh. And I'm Anna, the lead singer. There she is. <laughs> so concise. I like that. He can edit it, right? Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I, I, I struggle ridiculously hours and hours to make, us, make me look smarter every day. So this podcast is three minutes long. Apologies to our regular <laughs> yeah. listeners. It's but. like, hey, guys, thanks for coming out. No, no, no. Hey, listen, this is, like I said, there's the most amount of people in the same room. So whatever happens is uh, new territory for me. Um, being a band and recording in today's industry and society, you were already talking today about like social media and being on the cusp and being Hate everything. It. Yeah, Hate <laughs> it. yeah. It's but tough. unfortunately, it's a game you need to play, right? It's something yeah. that needs to happen. But there's a, such a thing about being too a little, maybe just a little bit too desperate. You yeah. catch that? Like sometimes some people are like, yeah, I really need, you know. There's a fine line and we don't like know what share, that line like is Like and right share, now. like and share. And it's, yeah. on one hand, if you like a band, you want to like and, and share mm -hmm. their stuff. And share but them. on the other hand, when they're asking for it, it, it can come across sometimes as desperate. But that's kind of sad because this band that you support, they need that support. And this is the reality that they're living in in order to get that attention. Yeah. But nobody's like... Are people coming to shows? Are people, is that a thing now still? Like, is in my opinion, I believe that it's still word of mouth and yeah. it's still you know blowing people away live. And then those people tell other people, and then they come to your show, and yeah. then they check out your website because everything's accessible online and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just my humble opinion mm -hmm. on it. Uh, with our band, it's it's weird. We're stuck in a little bit of a middle ground there because. Um, the way social media is now, it's like you can't hide the fact that you're a ham and you want to be noticed in, in a band and you want to be popular and mm -hmm. all those sorts of things, you know, whereas before you didn't have the choice. So you could be all like, oh, I'm going to release like B-side CDs here and do this there. But now it's like everything's out there. It's already wide open. So um, you have to treat it um, 
kind of carefully when it comes to how you want your band to be perceived because mm -hmm. by no means do we want to be perceived as like this like attention hungry band like trying to get likes on the internet all the time but at the same token the other argument is that we want our band to be yeah, recognized to and yeah so and it's kind of to tell you the truth that's one of the number one things we're struggling with right now mm -hmm. yeah in where we see that. yeah well it's 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 a very strange situation too because you can ruin some of the mystery of a band when you're you you're told as a band you need to keep putting out content keep being in people's faces basically so you got your behind the scenes video and you've got your this photo shoot and you got your and you know trying to share all of that at the same time you didn't have that with a lot of the bands that we grew up loving you know you had mystery there and didn't know all those details and didn't see behind the scenes mm -hmm. and it it sort of created a myth in its own way and that kept you interested in the band mm -hmm. and finding a balance between those two things is, is very difficult at this point because everyone has to play the same game yeah i understand when you say when you have to have content every day people need to know your presence but do you think robert plant like sits here and tweets away like i'm robert plant you know like what he's, he's already he robert plant he's been robert plant he, had, he didn't grow he had up showers with yeah. like 20 naked ladies That's waiting true. for him after shows I know, but see if he tweeted before that, there was computers but if so. he tweeted that i just had sex with 20 naked women in a shower <laughs> that, that wouldn't go over so would, good that would be gross that, would, like, that wouldn't go 40, over so 40 years ago Plant, i see like what you're today, saying by today's right standards right yeah but no, I, I even kind of look at it like uh, look at look at Tool back in the '90s. I mean, like nobody knew anything about them. They were this like mysterious yeah. band where nobody knew anything about the members of the band or anything like that. Mm -hmm. People can't really do that anymore. And if and if they do and have succeeded, it's incredibly rare. Yeah, the the only myth about our band is that we don't want to be successful and in your face. Like it's <laughs> we're we're trying to be humble and not hams, but we are. We're going the now, Nirvana route. <laughs> I'm gonna totally contradict myself here because I was just saying that I love the mystery and that I think that that's lacking. But um, one of the things when they've talked about social media and and crowdfunding and and you know Amanda Palmer and all that is the idea of taking the musician away from being above on a pedestal or the, the artist in general and making them not not so much a voice of a crowd but a voice to a crowd mm -hmm. and that's interesting as well I, did, I mean i don't see that really happening just yet on the larger scale but the idea of taking taking the artist down a peg but not in a bad way in a we're all equal and having an open dialogue together mm -hmm. not that i'm speaking it's like you. accessibility yeah it's hard to yeah. aspire to something that you've never known too you know what i mean like like ben said we grew up with all these bands that were like so iconic and like so hard to touch but we were always playing shows to 20 people and like playing in basements and like after we played a set we'd like walk off stage and have a drink at the bar because yeah. it was right there with yeah, yeah, people yeah. and talk with people so we've never really experienced any kind of like um, situation where we had to like answer any kind of questions about ourselves. Like this is one of the few times <laughs> that we've actually been able to delve into how we feel about a lot of it. To tell yeah, you the truth, I you guess know? so. You know, and you're playing, you are playing the modern rules. But you know, I like what you said. Like sometimes having a bit of mystery is is what makes someone successful. You know what I mean? Like what makes them that person you know and like I, said, I mean still go back to robert plant robert plant never like you knew nothing about robert plant you knew him as this mythical rock god and, 
and now bronze chested. Yeah, but you knew. I mean, you you kind of maybe you know you knew certain things about like Jimi Hendrix, and he was like this amazing guitarist and like iconic, but you didn't know that like maybe he liked like teddy bears or something, you know? And like, I know it for maybe a fact he, he did. like went to he the store and did. like you know got drunk on a Tuesday instead of going yeah. to his work shift or something, you know? You never really know. Like people are normal, you know. We tend to try and raise people higher than the human condition but yeah i mean the other my other observation too like social media is that everybody's a rock star now everybody everybody has something important to say they've done something important and they're very it's kind of a good argument though yeah it's true i think I everyone maybe that, does have uh, it. despite how engaging social media is supposed to be i feel like it's just you're scrolling and you're scrolling and it's like to me i don't know to me i find that i'm so passive on social media because i'm just trying to get through all this material and all this stuff that each post lacks impact kind of yeah and and you know i don't know maybe maybe i'm just being super cynical but i feel that in a way you know being a band on social media is super important because that's how you engage people from you know across the world mm -hmm. but it kind of gets gets lost in all these everyone being a rock star and everyone mm. trying There's to get their noise. 50. Yeah. A lot of noise on the internet. Yeah. And I, I had this, well, it was a year ago, but I had a conversation with some of us saying, what if there's a filter that senses douchebaggery? <laughs> and it's just like anything that happens where here's my car and it's like, Blocked. You know? we, we'd, we'd lose 80% of the members of our band. No. <laughs> I love oh, I love know. posting about my car. Yeah, here I am, here I am flying off to I don't know somewhere. This is Fiji. Awesome. Fiji, I'm awesome. I don't know. It's just one of those. Maybe maybe we don't need to know everything about everything. But I, I think you know just to wrap up the whole thing is that like I don't think we're setting out to be rock stars, but we want to be. You mm -hmm. know, we want to be rock stars too. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I don't know exactly how we I, go about making that happen, but we're very artistically yeah, yeah. minded and, and yeah. very driven to kind of go to another level with what we're doing. Sure. Yeah, so there's an aspect of that as well. I don't want to ignore. No, there's a definite. The, the fact is you don't want to be necessarily the, you know, the bronzed shirtless rock god kind of person, but you definitely want to reach as many ears as humanly possible. And you want to be to those people what the bands you loved were to you. You want to touch those people, help them figure out something hard they're going through and, and change their life. Well said. You know? Mm -hmm. well, said. Well, very well said. Yeah. Well, you know, this is why we're here. It's like, you know, this sort of a thing is what we're doing right now is we're actually promoting something. It's a co-pro. <laughs> you know, you're playing... If we had to encapsulate it in one song, it would be Some Devil. <laughs> Coming up right here on Barn TV. And as, as soon as this is up, you know that we're going to post about it on Instagram, oh, post yeah. about it on Twitter, and yeah. post about it on no, Facebook. No, no, you can't. No, sorry, man. <laughs> That's not allowed. You can't post anything anywhere anymore. Would it be I, subversive if we post about not liking posts on... Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so. I yeah. think so. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. No, I mean, the fact that we're here, we're making a song or a couple of songs, we're putting it on the internet, we hope people like it, and I hope people like how the approach is, you know, and I think we're all along on the same ride on that one. It's like, it's kind of fun to try something that, first of all, you've never, well, maybe you've done before, but it's a whole other take for me, is to involve video, audio, 
the whole experience and try to make it as live as possible because that's kind of what the internet is kind of missing you know especially fidelity wise which is good sounding you know every time you see something it's so and so and it's my youtube off my iphone it sounds like shit so yeah. how is that good for your band when it's this blurry little image mm. and it sounds horrible so what i'm trying to do is make something that actually reaches the people in a live ethic or in a live scenario and it still is um sounds good and it looks good and it's presented hopefully we're all about we're all about that man mm -hmm. we're all about that and and we're very thankful as well for you including us and yeah, yeah. and and uh making us a part of it yeah well you know we, we uh it takes it takes two you know and for me as a recording studio I don't know if I really would like to have a thousand strangers in my studio anymore. I don't think I'm that thing anymore. I don't want to record all the bands all the time. I did that you know, for 20 years, you know? And so why would I want to have people in my place to wreck stuff? They just wreck it. <laughs> Being choosy about your projects is pretty badass too though yeah. you, gotta, so, you gotta have a screening process before that, you that's right it. up our alley too <laughs> yeah. so. you're, you're in the you're in the you're in the uh, in the upper part of it we get we get drunk but we don't break stuff so that's but true it, 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 there is i mean it depends on on where you're at we, we were talking about albini earlier a little mm. bit and that's what he does he'll take on anyone and at a reasonable price at mm. his recording studio and that's how he makes his living and it you know he doesn't have to play too much of a, a game outside of that because he's constantly booking bands no regardless of the the quality or um money behind it and whatnot yeah. um and that's that's a great approach and good for him but yeah being choosy about your project is a whole uh other equally valid side to that where you don't want to just have every punk band necessarily like you said trashing your yeah. uh, your studio and recording studios it's kind of it's kind of the same thing you want it to be successful you want it to be popular you want it to be profitable you want it to be known and respected but at that point when you do it for so many years it's like okay well let's pull back a little bit you know what i mean and that's where i i just said oh i'm pulling back i'm not going to record every band under the sun it's not good for me it's not good for the band <laughs> you know what i mean so like so you know here we are we're here and we're doing it and i think it's a it's a it's a neat experiment and we you know i you know we'll see what happens you know and i i all I, that says to us is that you picked our band because we're super <laughs> awesome so I, you I, can read into that i, I know what you're saying you i i see I, I i read you loud oh, and clear my always friend. always humble <laughs> um the other thing i was going to say is that um you have to be choosy about your shows as well especially upcoming shows um, Ooh, and we have like, a couple. Oh, oh uh, I don't, no, don't, don't. <laughs> it sounds like a segue. Really, segue really smooth. Really smooth. That's great. It's a cool segue. It's great. It's a horrible Speaking segue. Speaking of Twitter. <laughs> well, we were talking about Twitter. <laughs> you can follow me at, uh, you know. But, Speaking but of this luck. Is, this is where you plug our shows. Yeah, yeah. No, we do have we do have some shows coming up. Um, oh, I'm glad you asked. Mainly in Toronto. <laughs> um, but also in Mississauga. Whereabouts in Mississauga? Um, uh, well, we, we got one coming up real soon, uh, July 5th at the Horseshoe. That one might, and uh, might Indy 88 putting that no, one not up. In I, I don't know if you're familiar with mm -hmm. that radio station. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of, uh... They play Rusty all the time. Okay, well, hey, uh, we're big Rusty fans, dude. Yeah, Rusty we're was big one Rusty of my fans. first shows. At, yeah, where? Um, it was actually the, young, the very first Young Street Festival. And they were playing at, like, Young and Dundas on this little open stage. Really? And I went to see them, and they opened with, like... Groovy Dead, Groovy Dead. Yeah. and it was it just 
that was my first real rock show and I was just like what the hell is this really? this is great mm-hmm. um, and, and Ken's dreads and like yeah. just it pre- created this picture in my mind that that lasts to this day of like cool freaking live bands yeah. was that was that actually like your your first rock show that it was it was within the first within that couple of months it was that and like maybe Green Day. You got you got me behind HMV, like whatever I could go to because I was thirteen or fourteen. The the first rock show I ever went to, and you were there, was Nine Inch Nails in a Perfect Circle at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, back in like ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine, I guess. Well, uh, maybe two thousand because Fragile just came out. Okay. So another real rock show that we need to talk about. Um, is also um, keep it on track. The, I love it. The dearly bereft. Um, <laughs> Who are they? Aside, aside from playing the horseshoe on July fifth, um, we're also playing I Coalition uh, in August. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. We're playing there with some yeah. really crazy punk rock bands. So that's kind of a weird. Well. Who, I who? want you. I want you to get to the part where you plug Rock the Coliseum because I have a story about that. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, 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 if, I'll, if I'll, I'll get through it up them real like, quick. Just throwing plugs out there well, at this you know, point. It's <laughs> just August is busy for us, which is good. Um, I was talking with uh, Bunjo about this today, just how um, kind of the way we've been treating it, the way we've been uh, talking to people after shows, the way we've been releasing content. We've been getting a lot of offers to do things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, so August is we've got a lot of shows coming up that just kind of got thrown on our plate mm-hmm. and they're really really awesome opportunities um you know like we got some buddies in toronto uh you would have seen miller's t-shirt today um selfos mm-hmm. uh, we're or playing fant- with we're fantastic. playing with them and fantastic. another local toronto band called lust which we just love we love them so much and they're you know same aesthetic they're doing it for all the right reasons mm-hmm. and such um, so we're excited about that. I believe that's on the 6th August, of August. August 6th. In at, Tor- the, at the Garrison. Yeah, at the Garrison in Toronto. Yeah. So, um, but I will I will also give up the reins to Talk bon- about to Rock bon the Coliseum. Because we want to talk about <laughs> Rock the Coliseum in Mississauga. On the well, just the thing that I like about that is that that's, that festival has always been, like, the best. The cream of the crop of, like, the local bands who have been playing the same basements as us. That, I right. think that might have been where I first saw you play in right. Ninja. Um, and that's the thing that was one of the times that I first saw when you're playing in a band in Toronto especially when you're a teenager and you're it's very very cliquey or it can be Um, and it was when I saw you guys and I saw when Johnny was in uh, Harbinger and like Day Month Year and uh, all of those bands the Hormones um, at Rock the Coliseum and, and those shows that I realized there was a community that like, oh, all these bands really love each other's music and they like like coming to each other's shows. And it that I hadn't really seen that before. I was kind of on the outside coming into this like the Mississauga Brampton uh, sort of scene. And I really loved that about about you and about all of those bands and, and being involved with that scene. And Rock the Coliseum has always been a great example of that. All of these bands sort of know each other and, and love each other. Bon Jo is essentially he's, anyway. he's essentially saying that it's coming full circle a little bit, like um, in terms of the scene in the GTA. Because Don't tell this, me what I'm saying. The, yeah, <laughs> this, this particular uh, festival is just like, it's, it's something we've been a part of and supported for a long time. And... Uh, we're super excited to be a part of it because once again, it was something that uh, Farrell, the guy who runs the show, he approached me and was like, yeah, like I'm just so curious about your band and I've heard some songs and you know, like he recognized Ben from Revolution Love and myself, we'd played uh, the festival before. So he's really excited to kind of get the whole aesthetic and, and 
help us present it to a different audience and yeah. a bigger audience. So it's it's uh, we've had a really really good time this year kind of getting to know some new promoters and and some people that are behind just playing on stage and that sort of thing you know yeah. like, your, like yourself a fine gentleman such as oh, yourself thank you. the way well, you said it people doing it for the right reason as well like people who are they like bands they like seeing bands and when they see a band that they're interested in they're like well i want to see more of that band i want to i want other people to see that band yeah. and that's that's you know, sometimes that can be hard because everybody has like their bottom line and everybody needs to fill their venue or everybody needs to do this or that. But like the people who love music and just want other people to love music, um, there's been uh, I've been seeing that more often lately than in years prior. Like it seems to be no one's making money anymore, and because of that, everyone is getting passionate again. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know something something like that. <laughs> our, our plan is to rock the Coliseum, mm. so you're going to have to check back in with us to see if we had rocked the Coliseum. <laughs> or, or come to see us rock the Coliseum. That, or, that, that the would Coliseum be the ideal us. situation. <laughs> Thank you, Miller. True. Are you going to wear your gladiator suit? <laughs> Are you just just the shoes. Maybe, maybe the Rambo headband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you were saying oh, with dear. community, and, and, and community in my era of rock and roll wasn't really existent. You know, and then once I realized sort of in the later 90s that that community started coming back and then I don't know, maybe went away again. But there's always sort of like a, a, a tug between. Let me help you out. Let me give you a hand to this is my shit. Don't come near it. You know, yeah. and there's always because I've played in bands and I've met other people in bands and you're like, hey, could we open up for you or could we do something? You're like, what do you want? You know what I mean? Why do you always want something from us? There's always that sort of like. But you always try and remember that you were that guy at one point Absolutely. too, you know? So yeah. if we can help anyone get on too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's something that we would definitely pride on. I, I, I kind of I feel like it, it comes and goes because I know that, you know, Ben and I have, have been in uh, a band before this. And so we've been around the Toronto scene. And of course, Cyrus has been in uh, bands for quite some time and Shane as well. And it's like, uh, you know, sort of a couple of years ago, it just it seemed a lot like if you get a certain amount of buzz behind you, everybody's all about it. But until you get that buzz, nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People will come out, you know, when you are playing a show and they'll see their friend's band and they'll just take off right after yeah. their friend's band is done. You know, but it it has seemed recently and, uh, you know, uh, let me know if I'm wrong on this, but it seems as if as of late, people are kind of really enjoying going out and seeing live music again, which is incredibly strange to me. But I'll I'll play ball on that. <laughs> is it based? Do you think it's based on economy? Like, are we in a good spot? with economics with our society like it's definitely affordable to come to basement punk rock shows <laughs> yeah, for five dollars yeah, sure. yeah, yeah and yeah. be blown away as opposed to paying a hundred and thirty dollars to see like you yeah. two or something yeah. that might be part of it the disparity between like the larger acts that are now whereas it used to be a thirty dollar show at the expensive end now it's an eighty dollar show or a yeah. ninety dollar show so maybe that's part of why people are engaging more with local, local. music or or smaller scale bands uh and artists because it's affordable and it's they're starting to discover that more mm. yeah well I, I see it's tough to see where the trends are going until they get there you know what I mean? it's like because uh, there was that whole move towards playing in basements and, and i was certainly part of that in the early 90s is playing in basements and touring all over north america and playing in basements but you can't do that your whole life you know what i mean you have to somehow get above playing in a basement and then 
it's that road between club to meeting, like you say, nice promoters and people that are going to help your band out to being someone who calls the shots. Like that's, it's, it's, that's the route, right? At the end of it all, it's like you've started basements, middle part is where you're at. So you're trying to like get up there and do it with the right amount of um, class. I guess. From basement I think, to bar. I think we're at the right. <laughs> I think I think we're at the right level right now. It's like people are offering us shows, and we're saying, uh, "Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll look into it, and we'll see." Um, I think the next step is just like people offering us shows, and us just being like straight up like two thousand dollars. Yeah. How much is Rihanna charging these days? Yeah, two thousand dollars. <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple bucks more. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll, ta- I'll take 150 I, and free drinks. I do. I would, know what I would pool my. I would pool two thousand dollars together to see Rihanna like play a show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would. One hundred percent. She I might do not. it. She might actually. You know, some. It's funny you say that because some people do like meet and greet. Or right. Like Five hundred dollars to shake. Dude, we're Madonna's like hand. we're ready for meet and greets. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> you can, yeah. Can you see? It's like, a good way. Ready, you know, man. I'll help you. You know, I'll uh, help you get. What's a healthy number for can, meet and greets? You can, you can like, meet what do you me say? Java. Yeah, I'll we'll be there, meet people like, and like you know we'll shake them. their hands and greet. We'll meet and greet them. And greet them. That's one uh, cost. <laughs> it's two things. One cost. <laughs> Hey, come over to my house for hundred bucks. I'll hang out. Yeah. I, I, I say they just like, come to the alley behind the venue and yeah. meet and greet us for free. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean yeah. that's that's the thing. If you just yeah. go to the alleyway, that's bring beer. Then. You'll be we'll loading be gear. That's <laughs> tough to get beer. someone to say, okay, you're supposed to order this over the internet. This is you can't just come back here and meet me in the alley. I'm loading my drums right now. That's a that's a thing that you can't. I don't know. Wow, well, well, you're joking aside. Uh, but that's, no, 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 yeah. not joking aside. Oh, no. you're serious. Keep, I keep remember. Right you know what? The, 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 one of the greatest moments of my life is the first time I saw Mudhoney play the horseshoe. And, um, and I just, I, I, I ended up going out for a cigarette after they, they finished playing, just out in the back alley there. And Mark Arm and, and Steve Turner came out the back door, and I got one of them to sign like a $5 bill, and I still have that to this day. I, one I of thought the, one I of thought the great, bl- greatest experience. Of my I life. thought Blowfly at the Horseshoe was better Blowfly than was that. amazing, but he didn't but... sign any of my stuff. Well, you know, it's no, interesting. That, I, mean, I guess that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> one of my greatest experiences was when I was uh, a youngin, and Matt Good was playing the Horseshoe. Of course, they call him time Matt to Great segue to that Horseshoe plug. <laughs> but um, we're playing the Horseshoe, <laughs> hanging out back there, and he came out and he signed his book for me, and this, he he just sat there and chatted with me for twenty minutes. The starstruck like fifteen year old kid. That's nice. You know, and it was just that was one of that was a meet and greet. Oh yeah, that was wasn't a I paid X amount of dollars for a meet and greet. He just was nice enough to be like this fan's hanging out and yeah. obviously I'm making his day. Yeah, no, so that's true. That's a, a good while, point. You know? Like we did that with Tea Party, man. Like when Transmission came out, like we went like we were having wine with them and like talking about the record and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Oh, if we could bring that back, that'd be They're amazing. They're playing my venue actually in Richmond Hill. Yeah. No, Tea great Party? band. Tea Party's great. Uh, yeah, Tea Party's there. phenomenal. Richmond Hill Center. In like uh, November or something. They're gonna they're nice. gonna kill nice. that place, man. Yeah, they're Road so trip, good. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the way to Richmond Hill. Right All the way to Richmond Hill. If, if I know for a fact they're playing aftermath, I will be there. I 100%. can ask. I'm advancing the show. Uh, <laughs> ask him. Yeah. yeah. Or ask them. So I guess many, it's a band. So right? many good songs. <laughs> Not just anyway. Jeff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about us instead of the team. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we're playing the horseshoe soon. No, we are. We you are. You hit that nail already. I got a Mac Good story. I got a Mac Good story. Oh, yeah. Edge Fest. uh, First Edge Fest that I did with a band called Treble Charger. Mac Good was playing. um, A band called Treble Charger. A band called Treble Charger. (laughs) Mac Mac Good was playing, and uh, he was. We're in Edmonton, and there's this, uh, like, games room. 
and a ping pong table. And he's playing, he's just sitting there by the ping pong table. I said, hi, Matt Good, do you want to play ping pong? He goes, I'm going to fuck kick your ass at ping pong. He's like super serious, right? Confident, like, I like that. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool, right? And then I'm like, hey, hey, serve. And he goes, what the? <laughs> and he's like, I told you I'd kick your ass. And he wasn't even joking, he was serious. He wanted to win. He knew he's, he, he he's, knew he's he was serious about he's about serious ping about ping pong. He knew he was off his meds at that point. He was uh he was intense. Matt know? Good, chill out on the ping pong. Yeah. Just chill out. Just chill out, man. Hey, if you're listening. Let's play Connect Four or something. <laughs> yeah, it's good. He'll, he'll kick your ass at that too. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible at Connect I'm Four. Going so on I was record, gonna test I will that. kick Matt Good's ass at Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the gauntlet has been laid down. I got, I got also, him on Bloody Matt Knuckles. Guy. Cyrus will kick Matthew Goodband's ass at <laughs> Bloody Knuckles. Every single member of the band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure. If you're his guitar tech, you'll have a fun time trying to catch the guitars he throws at you. Because he'll, he'll throw them like over his arm. like So they do like the over-end, over-end. So you have to catch it. Keeps them on their toes. The legend, like man. The legend. They call him Matt Great in Vancouver. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, they wouldn't be wrong. I don't know. He's okay, I guess. I, 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 <laughs> ben, cover your ears. Yeah. He's, he's he, an artist that I really respect and, and has, has... Maybe it was him, but you can tell that type of person by the crew. And I, I mixed a band. I mixed Tom Darcy. You ever heard Tom Darcy? Carnations. No. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter. Opening for Matt Good. And their crew like were telling me to turn it down because it was too loud. Because Matt Good only gets that volume. Right, yeah, you know? it's a so competition. I, I hear that that's yeah, fairly common, though. Not as I mean, much I think that was, that was Neil Young with Sonic Youth opening, and it wasn't Neil's call, apparently. Mm. It was. Well, but Neil handled. Young, actually, I heard but that story because that, got, that, got, uh, that came out actually in a Mark Marin podcast. Yeah, that's where, right. Where I, she, I remember listening and, to that. And it too. was like, uh, Neil Young was like, what? They said what? Because it, it was their crew. The yeah. crew was doing that. But that, that's always a thing. Like, if you're opening a big show, is they'll turn half the PA off. That doesn't happen anymore as much anymore. Yeah. But but those days, we're talking about 2001 or two or something like that. So I could see in 1989 that that sort of shit would go down. Yeah. But not not in 2001. Like so, as Matt Good, I don't know. He's okay. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna. You <laughs> what know, do you think about the fine. dearly bereft though? I think <laughs> oh uh, they're pretty Bring good. They're pretty good. They have uh, you know. Good work ethic. They're, their nice drummer's people. fucking horrible. Good personalities. We, we get a lot of pretty good. <laughs> we're, we talking about that pretty good. we're talking about that, right? Like, you never say, like, great songs. Good personalities. <laughs> great dudes and do that. They're just really, really cool people. <laughs> well, what's the, uh, like, the Dave Grohl and Nickelback or something like, oh, yeah, no, I don't have to like their music in order to, like, have a barbecue with them. Like, yeah. same kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, Dave good personality. Nicest guy on earth. Absolutely nicest guy on earth. But there's some people like there's some people out there who like uh, like if you met uh, Courtney Love, yeah, you'd be like, oh my god, no I, thanks, I hate her, <laughs> I hate this person, she's a horrible person. But if you met Dave Grohl, but I love live through this so I much, know, so man. I would be like, what I don't care, really I would nice just be like. Oh, she was just so cool. That just sing doll parts for me it. one if more she, time, Courtney. If like, she was very nice, well, I don't, I don't believe she was that because she was actually looking for her stripper because it was her birthday. Did you have a conversation with her? Uh, she she's was like, rude? where the fuck's my stripper? Really? That's what she said, yeah. yeah. This so, was, uh, so did you start taking your like clothes Courtney. off? Or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I can be as opinionated. I'm, I'm opinionated. <laughs> I know Courtney Love, not my favorite person either. Right on. But she's not coming on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she will. Never say never, Never man. say never, that's true. <laughs> She'll get there. Yeah, so let's talk about you guys. 
<laughs> so when, when's our next show? Oh, you playing a show? I think oh, we're going to rock a coliseum. Oh. <laughs> is it a real coliseum? Like, is it actually like? Do they it's have kinda, li- yeah, it, it is there lines is. in the basement and shit like that? Like, well, it's 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 actually it's an outdoor. It's by Mississauga City Hall. It kind of looks big like outdoor a oh, pillars and by the Living Arts Center, like by yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out to Farrell Rafferty if he's listening to this one. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, mom. I already did. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fantastic to play, although it's going to be really weird playing some of these songs in the daylight. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Well, these are not daylight songs. We bought, we bought like a haze machine and ocean lights to, you know, help with the ambiance, and now we're, we're playing. I think it's ambiance. Okay. Yeah, luckily at the Coliseum, there's no uh, fire alarms. Yeah, like mosaic. There. So, yeah, we've already had that um, incident. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we set off a fire alarm. Yeah, really. He bought a yeah. haze machine for the shows, and, and specifically, it did look great until it looked great. The fire he alarm tells you it did. The salesperson says, "Yeah, you probably want a haze machine instead of a smoke machine because uh, it won't set off the fire alarm." So he's like, "Okay, that's like six hundred <laughs> extra bucks or something." Like three songs in, three songs three in, the songs fire alarm in. starts going off, and we're like, uh, "We'll just play through it. It's okay." <laughs> Where was that? Uh, that was at uh, the hideout. Oh, the hideout. Yeah. Great, great venue. It was a good venue, actually. Um, once, there was this place called Ted's Wrecking Yard. Yeah. And it was on college? It was on still college. is, isn't it? I don't know. It, there uh, was, no, it's, it's something. Now. I think it's a travel agency now. You're thinking of Ted's Collision. Ted's Collision is the same owner, but Wrecking Yard was just one, uh, okay. two blocks uh, towards okay. um, Bathurst. But somebody decided it'd be great if everybody got sparklers, lit sparklers <laughs> off in the house. Uh, and it was like wolf of smoke and then fire alarm and it wasn't sprinklers but people kind of thought i think we're gonna get the sprinklers <laughs> and they all ran out and the fire truck showed up well we we, well, we knew at that point right? we knew at that point that we had something special because even though uh the the alarm ringing imminent death was going off nobody left like everyone was still there <laughs> yeah. they so all they left were, before we started they playing. were willing to burn alive i will just burn to, hear to the death song. to finish this song because it's a good song <laughs> yeah yeah how Only long is it to... though because it's uh it's looking like... <laughs> is it four and a half we're we talking three minutes like <laughs> are they playing the radio get lengthy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. well, the doors were right there <laughs> they can so be fairly lengthy. lengthy yeah oh man so well, we've uh, we've we've done our recording. We've talked a little bit about uh, being in rock and roll bands. We've had uh, a neat little combo, and it's super stinking hot outside. And I appreciate you guys um, doing this because for me, it was learning experience as well. It's much more comfortable. Thank, thank you for having no, us. Thank yeah. you, thank you. That was yeah. really really nice of yeah, you to bring I us had, out. I had a great time too. And and you know we are I think you know we're like minded people. We want to have success in music, but we're going to do it on terms that are ours rather than playing that dirty game there's a dirty game out there man there is yeah well we don't want to tour for a year and then owe a record company so (laughs) yeah oh man i'm like man it happens all even happens today where like you owe us this amount of money go play more shows to get more money for us like it's a sad sad world out there and unfortunately the music industry is just still trying to get turned around and it will it will when it finally eats itself but still there's a, you know what i mean there's a, but it's not there it yet. hasn't quite swallowed its tail right not yet no unfortunately yeah and we we're, we were talking today before we go we were talking a little bit about like old school record industry stuff and mm-hmm. like the new guard and like um what was this what we were talking about um when you went to see the the keynote speech the guy talking about oh that's right yeah um i i went and sat in on uh, on a couple of different uh, panels at canadian music week 
and um, and there were you know a few different people from a different uh, like a couple of different um, uh, like record labels, and the the overwhelming you know um, mentality was if they listen to a band's music they will go and check out their social media presence if they don't have a couple thousand likes they won't go any further than that mm-hmm. um, and the only person that was not of that mindset was Seymour Stein who's you know been in the industry for decades now mm-hmm. um, and and his whole mentality was you know it is it is it's the job of the label to build up a fan base for that band it's not mm-hmm. the band's responsibility it's mm-hmm. it's the label's responsibility and i quite enjoyed that unfortunately there aren't too many <laughs> people like him anymore mm-hmm. you know well, the point is, so. if you get to the point where you're reaching that many people on your own why would you bother That's having it. someone else take that over exactly. for you when exactly. you can sustain yourself that way yeah. that that why would that not be preferable you re- retain all control over how yeah. you present yourself it's funny like when you think of a band like death cat for cutie when they put three amazing albums out on an indie label and did really well in transatlanticism was their big was their big breakthrough album yeah. they go to atlantic and their only explanation is well because somebody the lower elf will fuck it up they'll screw it up they won't be able to get it like a major record label will and they feel like their fans will follow along because mm-hmm. they play good tunes and, and play really good live shows yeah. you know like city and color just sold out two shows at the Molson amphitheater it's crazy, eh? and he's never been signed to a major label mm-hmm. you know Dine alone. so that's Always, it right yeah, well, uh, I uh, yeah, I think we're in a good spot when it comes to making your own career. But I think what you were saying before, there needs to be a little bit more support to help make that happen. Yeah, and it's just it's getting to that next level. We're not there yet. Like no, we don't not. know. Like we haven't evolved as humans yet to understand <laughs> the thought process of what how music feels. Like because we have records, we have vinyl, and there's always that vinyl just feels better. It sounds better. It's that whole thing. But it's like. Get over it. We got to change. I, I, speaking personally, I can't get over it because vinyl, vinyl is amazing. <laughs> Just get over it, though, because because the, I feel that we need to move into a new era of what how music feels. You know, like maybe we're, our brains aren't ready to perceive music just as music. And we need other things to make it like dance around for us, make moving images on the TV, and we need to have lights flickering oh, you, around. You were you were serious. You were serious about the seeing colors and seeing. Yeah, I know it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I, I was. thought you were just messing with me. <laughs> maybe I was. Oh, okay. So we but should I, make tapes. I mean, like, for me, for me, music has always kind of been about sound. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but that it's true. It's it's there's so many bells and whistles that, that maybe go along 80s, with it at this yeah. point and. Mm-hmm. Maybe just to let it speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Well said, about. Benjamin. Very, very well said. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, thank you. Thanks. Happy man. trips back to Toronto, and uh, we'll get this video done within the next eight years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, very much like Howard Hughes. I'll I'll have it in color, and then it'll be oh no, black and white. Way to go. We'll we'll be on your ass. Yeah, yeah. Is the it whole done time. Is it done yet? <laughs> Does it sound good? Am I good? Do I look good? Did I wear a red shirt? Just show us the. Can you make my red shirt purple? <laughs> Could you straighten my nose out and like no, make my teeth a little whiter? No, I'm not fucking George Lucas. <laughs> um, okay, well, thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. They were fun. The dearly bereft, everybody. Go check out their new album, Funeral Music. It's on iTunes, I think. 
go to their website follow them on twitter they are a very active band in the toronto music scene and, and i expect good things from them they are good people um, the music is very cool and it's it's good to listen to it's fun to listen to Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Don't forget about audibletrial.com slash to go download your free audiobook. Uh, get a free month and a free audiobook. Don't forget to go to appalog.ca and click on the Amazon banners and go shopping and have fun. Shop. Do you think about, you know, when you order something on Amazon, it shows up at your house the next day? It's a little creepy. It's a little weird that that happens, but it happens, and people just drop stuff off. And it just shows up. Like, you just order it, and then the computer tells people what to put into a box. And they put it in a box, and they send it to you, and it ends up in a place. It's crazy. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash to pledge to the show on a monthly amount. You know, let's get that up to five. We got, I, I asked for four, and then all of a sudden it's four. So let's get up to five. Why does everybody, you know, like I said, the coffee where you pool all your money together, and, and then you can, you can pledge like you are pledging because I know you're all in your office listening to this right now <laughs> don't forget about Insight Recorders with your download codes don't forget about the Applog.csi shop don't forget to tell friends please this show lives and breathes on word of mouth support um, from people just helping out um, you know tell a friend and tell them to tell a friend you can do that by going to the facebook.com slash pod site and go be a part of that. Go like the show. Also follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666 and let's, let's, you know, let's, let's hang out. Okay. So thanks so much for coming back week after week. It's been a great week. It's going to, it's going to, I got a great one next week. I got a two-parter, starting of a two-parter with Daryl Hers, who co-founded and founded the Indie Week turns out we know a lot of the same people we had a great conversation it was very long one so we've broken into two parts so everybody thanks so much for listening to this show again we'll see you next week and the week after next omar bye